0: welcome to the wealthies circle podcast where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com 2020 industry awards these interviews cover the challenges innovations and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients okay thank you very much for joining us everyone my name is david armstrong i'm the editor of wealthmanagement.com and this is the wealthies podcast where we talk to finalists and winners of the wealthmanagement.com industry awards as you know these awards are designed to recognize the programs and corporate initiatives that are meant to help financial advisors build better businesses and better serve their clients so today very happy to be speaking to uh, Rob Claprot, the Claproots sorry the corporate strategy officer for Bestmark hi david how are you rob i knew i was going to mangle the last name it's claproot uh claproot that wrote. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry That's about fine. that. There's, yeah, brought, there's a lot of confidence in there. Right. <laughs> well, it's great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Desmarc, as you know, was a finalist for three, and I guess depending on how you count it, uh, five uh, awards this year uh, at the wealthmanagement.com industry awards. Uh, so, congratulations for that. That's a, it's a great showing. Thank you. Thank you. Before, I, I think it's probably unlikely that a lot of our listeners and readers don't know something about Bestmark. But can you give me just a a, a real quick bit of a company history there, where you come from, who you serve, who your your, uh, uh, clients are, and and where you fit into the ecosystem?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, So as a company, uh, we've been around almost 20 years now. So we're in our 19th year uh, of existence. Uh, And really early on, uh, the, the original mission statement, which really has held uh, despite the twists and turns that the company uh, has made uh, through the course of our evolution. Early on, the earliest mission statement was enabling institutional caliber investments at retail scale. Uh, so early on, we had a focus on retail investors and what their needs were, and uh, really a focus on being able to, to bring investment solutions, investment capabilities that before, uh, were only, uh, in the realm of institutional investors or ultra high net worth and high net worth people with a lot of money to invest. We wanted to be able to deliver those types of investment solutions to people with frankly less money. Uh, so that was the retail focus. And to this day, again, we have evolved quite a bit. The industry has evolved to be sure. Uh, but that overall mission, uh, has pretty much held intact. So. Uh, That's going back, uh, again, almost 20 years now. In terms of our clients, uh, we work with enterprises. So by that, I mean uh, very big wirehouses, very large banks, very large broker dealers, uh, large asset managers. More recently, we've had a push into uh, the mid-market and smaller firms to further that cause. We made an acquisition back in 2018 of a firm called Adhesion Wealth Solutions. Uh, They were the recipient of some of the awards. So thank Mm -hmm. you. I think that's part of the uh, the five count that you tallied in there. Uh, And Adhesion is uh, focused on independent advisors uh, and some of their needs. So that's kind of the the clients uh, and the overall mission. And then in terms of our actual capabilities, we we do a lot of things to support the overall investment process. Uh, So there's portfolio management, there's portfolio construction, there's trading tools, client reporting tools, reconciliation tools. There's a lot of things that we do uh, in the back office uh, to drive efficiency and scale that kind of go underappreciated, but are very much required. Much of our, our heritage, uh, if you will, is, is focused on technology. We are inherently technologists, but over the years we've expanded our footprint of outsource services. Uh, so that people can uh, look to us to provide not just technology, uh, but a broad range of back and middle office outsource services, as well as more investment capabilities. Uh, if I think about what Adhesion is doing, they do even more than what Bestmark was doing traditionally from an outsourcing point of view in the back and middle office. And that's part of addressing the needs of independent advisors. So at a high okay. level, that's kind of what we're all about and, and uh, some of what we do.
0: Yeah. So the, and we will talk a little bit about adhesion wealth in a minute. The, the judges recognize you as a, as a finalist for the technology provider Unified All-in-One Systems, which is a relatively yep. new category. And I'll tell you why that's a new category, because uh, it, it seemed, you know, for a long time there, there was the idea of, uh, you know, technology was something that was stitched together. And advisors tech stack was kind of stitched together by various providers. And, and this notion of, of having an all-in-one system. There, I guess there just weren't that many people necessarily providing that in the way that you guys do or the way that the modern financial advisor needs it. So tell me about Vestmark One and what problem that financial advisors have that you're trying to solve there. Uh, yeah, sure. And uh, when, when we think about all in one, we tend to think about
1: it across two dimensions. Uh, there's more, but just uh, <laughs> in the interest of uh, simplicity, uh, there's yeah. two dimensions. So one dim- dimension is functionality. What are the functions that uh, a financial advisor, a wealth management organization uh, needs to piece together to support customized investment portfolios for end clients? So proposal generation, if you think of the life cycle of a client relationship, you need to understand their needs and investment goals and objectives. You need to generate a proposal. So proposals kind of kick in. Uh, You need to be able to craft uh, the target portfolio. So portfolio construction tools kick in you have to be able to manage that portfolio and trade that portfolio on an ongoing basis. So there's a lot we do in that area. You need to report back to the client in terms of how they're doing. So there's a lot that we do around portfolio analytics, performance measurement, uh, client reporting uh, through any basically any device. Uh, we do all of those things from a functional capability in regard to supporting the client, and then there's a whole bunch of things across the back and middle office that we also do as part of that functional set of capabilities that need to come together at scale and very efficiently to support, again, uh, a large number of customized portfolios. So functionality is one dimension that we think about uh, in all one platform. The other important dimension are the types of investment solutions that you're driving. Um, now, we see this particularly uh, in large organizations. As an industry, we've developed a whole slew of acronyms uh, and, and investment products that go along with it. So SMA, Separately Managed Accounts, UMAs, Unified Managed Accounts, Mutual Fund Advisory, uh, Advisor acting as the Portfolio Manager, a Registered Representative acting as in an advisory or non-discretionary capacity. So there's all these acronyms that we've built Which basically represent a broad range of investment solutions that can be made available to the client. So, when we think about all in one platforms, and this is what Vestmark One supports, it's the combination of those different functional areas that need to come together, coupled with the broad range of investment solutions that you might want to make available to the end client. Uh, And Vestmark One kind of supports that entire breadth, both dimensions uh, of that axis.
0: I get it. So, Vestmark One, there's a an ability to deploy this at an enterprise level that would accommodate uh different kinds of advisors using like a better word portfolio management in different ways right
1: that's exactly right
0: Uh, and
1: and it's been interesting over the years uh so i the whole acronym soup uh and a lot of the uh the technology and operating silos that have evolved were largely in the realm of very large enterprises so there was this habit this pattern if you needed a new investment product, if you wanted a UMA, for example, hey, let me prop up a new tech stack, uh, a new operating silo, maybe outsource just that particular investment capability, let me outsource that to a third party. So over the years, large enterprises have kind of uh, created all these silos, which has made it very difficult for the financial advisor to access any one of these uh, programs or investment solutions in the context of trying to solve uh, a particular client investment need. So I would say this: the need for bringing all that together started on the enterprise side. Uh, but it's been interesting to see what has happened is even in the independent channel, if we think about smaller firms and smaller practices and independent advisors, they still want ac- they still want to build diversified portfolios using best in class ideas research investment managers from wherever that might be sourced so a lot of these the broader set of capabilities we really built out of the enterprise space are lending themselves quite well in the independent channel because we can support this breadth of of capability and investment uh investment capacity for independent firms too and we can do it at scale so as an independent advisor a smaller firm grows, uh, grows in terms of the clients they might support, the investment needs they need to solve, or just the raw number of clients and accounts they want to support. We're already there from, uh, from a more industrial scale and strength point of view. We have that. So we can be with those types of firms over the long haul too.
0: Yeah. Smaller advisory firms in particular, there's this notion out there that uh, what they do on the investment portfolio side is largely commoditized and, and can't necessarily be improved. And therefore, why not go with the, the three big ETFs and put them in a bucket and you know ship it out to all your clients and, and your value lies elsewhere? It, it's kind of, maybe it's just the lack of technology that maybe the lack of ease with which they could access some of these more uh, bespoke portfolios for their clients. Uh, but it's kind of like a, a narrow range for these smaller advisors to use on the investment side, correct? And, and, and maybe that there's an opportunity to, decommoditize investment management and portfolio management and, and bring that back to as a value proposition by the advisor. Is that anything that resonates with you? Uh, yeah,
1: there are some things that resonate, resonate there with me, but it, it is a little interesting. Uh, I think there's there certainly truth in looking outside just raw portfolio construction for a financial advisor to bring uh, alpha or true value add to a client situation. Understanding uh, the needs of the, uh, of the end investor uh, coaching them through volatile times, right, which we're living through so they don't make, uh, say, ill-advised decisions, <laughs> trying to time mm-hmm. things, which can be tricky. Uh, there's a lot that advisors can certainly do to bring value to the end client outside of portfolio management uh, and investments. That mm-hmm. said, simply, uh, I think what you said regarding the commoditization of Let me just whip together a few mutual funds or ETFs thrown in a portfolio, or maybe I have one of three varieties and call it a day. You really can't build a practice anymore. I think there was a point in time where you could get away with that as a financial advisor. Those days I like to think are behind us. Uh, And if you really want to drive value, if you really want to have uh, a thriving practice for the long haul, you really have to do more than that. That said, that doesn't mean that you as the advisor do, have to perform all those functions yourself. So this is where, uh, and you know, at the risk of being overly self-serving, if I think about what Adhesion is doing, right? Uh, they allow advisors uh, to kind of uh, put together different types of portfolios that they may want to offer to the, to the end investor. And then they can help uh, that financial advisor craft a more sophisticated and more complex portfolio that serves more investment needs that that allows for more customization uh, and can bring along with it uh, greater tax efficiency and more tax alpha, after tax alpha for the end client. So there are options out there where you don't have to take a purely commoditized approach to portfolio management. So you can focus on what are my value add? What am I going to do for this client that I can't outsource? Focus on that but don't degrade the types of portfolios that you're gonna make available. Uh, I am a big believer in that, and that just gets into open access to a broad range of investment solutions and portfolios and things like that, but then intelligently outsourcing elements of the process that you as the advisor don't want to, or really shouldn't own, rely on experts to step in and fulfill those functions that absolutely need to be performed but focus on the client and focus on where you want to leverage your own strengths. I don't know. Did do that, uh, that, makes, do that uh, adequately yeah. deflect your question or does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, I think so.
0: Totally. <laughs> it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I too I remember when there was uh, all of the conversation in the industry was around you, investment advisor, financial advisor, you can't possibly add anything through investment management. So Therefore, turn all of your chips on to financial planning and and, and put it all into uh, uh, other kinds of services for the clients. And I think it's largely true, but uh, it does strike me that there is an opportunity for financial advisors to prove their value to clients in the investment portfolio itself too, right? I mean, maybe there's a, a particular area of uh, investment management that that advisor specializes in and they want to outsource everything else, but they want to, you know, say, okay, well, in this field, I'm kind of good at... Uh, uh, this you know this asset class, or I'm pretty good at uh, looking at stocks in this particular way, and, and, and it seems to me that there's an, an opportunity for advisors to add value there as well. Would that be true?
1: Yeah, th- that is. Now, uh, of course, we say advisors, right? So uh, you know, there is a saying, right? If if you met you know one advisor, one RIA, sure. you've yeah, met exactly yeah. one advisor and one RIA, right? So there are certainly individuals out there that have strengths. In portfolio construction or picking managers, right? Identifying managers that have a good process or a good team that can be that can generate outsized returns over time. There are absolutely advisors out there with those skills. There are advisors that might have a particular expertise in an asset class or a type of security or an investment approach. Absolutely. But advisors, can't, you can't be all things to all people, right? You, right? You're not gonna necessarily have the expertise to build a diversified portfolio, to solve all the, the types of investment needs and, and problems and challenges and goals that clients might have. So you know, outsource, right? Be able to flexibly outsource where, where appropriate and add your value uh, where you can. Now, one thing that we do see, despite all that, right? Advisors, <laughs> advisors want to make sure that there's still there's still some perceived value to the end client. So I, I don't I think it's unfair for a firm for a home office for a technology provider uh, to ask the advisor to re- completely relinquish all control all involvement uh, with what's going on in the investment side because the clients are looking to them as the expert at, at least somebody. When, someone that can represent and articulate what's going on in their portfolio. So you have to have some sort of knowledge, some insight, some visibility into what's going on. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be completely hands-on. That's appropriate and right for some advisors, but not for others. So, you know, part of that, you know, something that we think about is how can we, pass information back content research insights into what's going on to the portfolio that might be managed by a third party how can we pass that back through to the to the end investor to the financial advisor to facilitate an instructive dialogue about what's going on uh, in the client portfolio so that advisors can maintain at least perception right quote unquote uh, of what they're doing so there's there is some balance there
0: yeah for sure I did want to get into adhesion wealth. Uh, I mean, so you guys at, at Bestmark were uh, uh, moving along in the large enterprises, the warehouses, the big financial services firms. And what was the hole that you saw or the opportunity that you saw that adhesion wealth fit? Adhesion, adhesion manager exchange, adhesion wealth manager exchange uh, was recognized by the judges for the the TAMP this year. Where was it? What opportunity did you see there and, and where do you see it fitting in? Yeah, so uh, yeah,
1: historically, uh, our heritage was focused on uh, the larger enterprises, uh, large banks, large broker-dealers, large asset managers, uh, and the like. Adhesion uh, has been a client, their user of Vestmark One. They have been, uh, had been for over 10 years prior to the acquisition. Uh, so that made certain elements uh, of the merger uh, completely straightforward. And the interest was uh, back to that independent advisor community. Uh, I would say as a firm, uh, Vestmark Inc., Vestmark Proper, we did not have a good sales and customer support model uh, to, rec- to directly deal and interact with small advisory shops. We were, re- were really targeted and geared up to support the home offices uh, of these larger firms, these larger organizations. That's how we were set up. And Adhesion, because they were focused on the independent advisor, advisor market, they had a sales model down, they had a client support model down uh, appropriate to directly support uh, investment advisors, and they had a broader set of services at the ready that advisors could tap. And generally speaking, the smaller the firm, the more they may be looking to outsource uh, elements of the investment process, of the technology stack, of the types of services that they want to make available. Versus the larger organizations that, by and large, right, of course, there's exceptions, but they just need enabling technology to do it themselves, which is where we were coming from. So Adhesion, with the broader set of uh, uh, capabilities, including uh, the manager exchange, uh, they're just really get uh, set up to help advisors think about the types of portfolios they, they want to make available, uh, select uh, OCIO providers and research providers. They're accustomed to doing all that. They can assist with manager due diligence, and they can really allow the advisors to focus on the client. And they can run virtually every aspect of the portfolio on a go-forward basis. So they had the right sales model, the right support model, the right set of capabilities for smaller independent advisors. So it was Adhesion was you know us really looking for a toll hold uh, into the independent advisor community, the independent advisor channel, which is rapidly growing, that was the genesis uh, or the the real interest uh, behind the acquisition. Uh, And again, the manager exchange is just uh, one example uh, of what they can do for advisors on a pretty a la carte basis. There has been, and uh, I'm sure your audience is probably aware of this, uh, there's been a proliferation of model marketplaces out there. And by and large, uh, it's it's large fund complexes and ETF providers basically giving away ETF models. So you don't pay for the asset allocation, the model itself. The firms are getting compensated through the underlying vehicles. Uh, Adhesion, of course, has those, but they also have a, a wide range of separate account strategies, actively managed strategies, not in a mutual fund format or vehicle, but in a separate account vehicle that brings with it um, a great deal of customization and tax efficiency. So that's something a little different uh, versus the proliferation of model marketplaces out there. Uh, They also have separate account managers and they have uh, assistance and services to help advisors stitch everything together into a unified managed account, a diversified portfolio, uh, and they have all the services there to run it on an ongoing basis assist with tax-managed transition capabilities and some of the more client-focused services uh, that advisors may not have time to do.
0: And so there's a support team there at uh, at Husion that uh, can help advisors with these tasks. Yeah, that's Uh, that's exactly right. uh, John, you've already spoken a little bit about the the growing need for uh, advisors to differentiate around uh, investment strategies and that's maybe what gives rise to the model marketplace that we've seen, right? I mean, many, many firms are, you know, model marketplaces rising over the past couple of years. Is there anything that VestMark brings to this? I know you guys, uh, from your backgrounds with some of the big enterprises, have done a lot on the back end, right, of trading and execution and this kind of thing. Correct? Is that uh, is that part of where your value comes from at the VestMark side?
1: Yeah, it is. So uh, first and foremost, it's all about that enabling technology, uh, driving. Mm-hmm um hyper-customized portfolios at scale so and i've kind of glossed over uh, even some of the back office things that we do to pull that all together i mean we uh i know more than i want to know uh, about reconciliation we have patents and this but it absolutely matters uh compliance compliance is a big deal so there's a lot that we do from the technology point of view from from a compliance oh, that's my assistant uh knocking uh sorry about that <laughs> uh, so there's a lot we do from a compliance point of view uh, to assist as well so first and foremost we have the technologies the best mark one that we spoke about it really starts there but then we also within best mark for larger enterprises we have outsource reconciliation outsource compliance outsource performance administration so that even larger organizations they can kind of pick and choose where do they want to build in a competitive advantage uh, where do they want to focus on their core competencies and whatever is not core, whatever that might be, we have technology and outsource services to step in and fulfill that need. And it has evolved. So it started more back office focused. We also have trading services uh, for larger enterprises within Bestmark. We also have uh, a manager marketplace so that through one advisory contract, you can access a network and managers. So very similar to the, uh, the Adhesion Manager Exchange. Uh, so Basically, any point uh, in that overall wealth management supply chain, if you will, uh, in the the investment process, wherever there might be a friction point, uh, we want to be able to step in and provide either technology or services to help firms really scale and providing that that highly tailored device to their clients. So there's a lot that we're doing,
0: again, between technology and services for large enterprises, too. The judges this year also uh, recognized Lonnie McDonald as Chief Marketing Officer of the Year as finalist, uh, and uh, unfortunately passed away, Lonnie McDonald. Uh, But I know in some of the supporting material, Bestmark was giving him a a lot of credit for kind of turning the organization kind of away from just being a tech firm to more of a client focused firm. Can you speak a little bit about what he brought to the company and, and where you kind of see his legacy sitting in Bestmark's history? Uh,
1: yeah, so I mean, yeah, Lonnie, I, I, I can't say enough great things about him. Uh, he was just uh, a, a genuine, a genuine guy uh, all around. Uh, he did, uh, you know, maybe one word to use would would be empathy. You know, he, I think, as individuals, we like to think we're empathetic. Uh, as a firm, I would admittedly say we have and had uh, an engineering centric type of culture, which at times could be inward facing. Uh, so he brought uh, a level of call it corporate empathy and awareness to really focus on. Uh, and, and we've been good about this from a roadmap point of view and the development point of view, right? Engaging with our clients to understand what they're trying to do and, and really partner with them uh, to build uh, innovative technology. That's how we uh, evolved that F- best F- F- Mark one over the years, hand in hand with our clients. But when I think about how, uh, A lot of our messaging, uh, how we would talk to people, even our little things like our website, uh, it was very engineering or technology centric. Uh, So Lonnie was very good at asking hard questions internally, right? open-ended questions that made us think and really think about the perspective of our clients, of our prospects, and how we engage with them and how we talk to them. And uh, that that legacy uh, has held to this day. Yeah, Steve. So dearly Nest.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. That's great, Rob. that's that, uh, we're at the half hour. I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you very much for joining us, and congratulations on on all the all the finalists' uh, recognition at this year's WealthManagement.com awards. It's well deserved. So, good job.
1: Great, thank you. And I miss your in-person event. You guys throw a good event. So,
0: uh, I look for next to, year. they are going to, to be there. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. All right, and and if so, I will see you there for sure. Uh, Otherwise, uh, I hope to uh, see you in some other virtual environment before too long. All right. We'll be well. You too. Rob Kleperot, Corporate Strategy Officer, Vestmark. Thank you very much. And this is David Armstrong, Editor-in-Chief, WealthManagement.com, and you've been listening to the Wealthies podcast. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of WealthManagement.com.